Our text this morning for this uh, Sunday of the Trinity, uh, we are going to turn to the Gospel reading in John 8. Uh, need verse 56 and 57. Looks like 58 too. Going to be a long one. Okay. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, language is a little tricky. I um, remember, I don't know if it was Churchill or somebody like that, said that uh, the, the U.S. and uh, England are most certainly divided by our common language, and uh, which is sort of silly, but I think what you mean is we both speak English, but you can hardly tell, uh, and it causes some confusion. I, I have an example of that in my life. Once I, I visited London, and uh, I was staying in a hostel which was designed for... Um, uh, visiting sailors and I went to breakfast they had a cafeteria in the place and I did, had no idea what most of the stuff was on the menu which is you know a little unsettling if you're trying to find breakfast but one of the things I noticed is that they had biscuits so I uh, asked them for biscuits and asked if they could put gravy on them so you know biscuits and gravy is kind of a sailor thing and and uh, they asked me if I was nuts oh, uh, and uh, when I got breakfast, it was crackers with gravy on it. That's apparently what they call crackers, they call biscuits. So this is, this is the nature of language. Sometimes it just doesn't match up very well. Uh, I, I, I'm saying this because Jesus is saying things that you know, we don't necessarily hear properly because the words are not necessarily what, we, th what they thought we thought they were. So when Jesus gives... Uh, several indications here in this particular reading that he is in fact God. Um, a lot of the folks that are listening to him don't like what he says. They, they say, well, that can't be right. Uh, and they fuss. Uh, they're, uh, the, the, the ones that are fussing are Jews that came from Jerusalem. And they can't imagine that he's God's son. They can't imagine that he's the Messiah because well, you know, ultimately if he is that, then they're in a lot of trouble they think, because, uh, well, God, uh, if, if, if they listen to Jesus and the things he says about them, then God is a little unhappy with the, the way that they've been leading his people, uh, and that would be an upsetting concept for them, uh, and they would be required, really, by listening to Jesus to say that they're sinners, which they also can't bring themselves to say. And so the, those complications make it impossible for them to believe what he said. So you can't have that. So Jesus, instead, they say, must have a demon, must be a Samaritan, which is so weird because they know he's not a Samaritan, uh, uh, and, and uh, uh, you know, all connected together, some kind of ignorant knucklehead. Uh, and they can't have that. And he said he's God, so they had to stone him for claiming to be their divine Lord instead of listening to him and worshiping him and, and paying attention. They, they couldn't do that. 
Uh, now, you know who Jesus is well enough. Here you sit, you're here because you know who that is. Uh, part of the fuss is when he says, uh, kind of in the middle of this is, I think, 52. Yeah, if anyone, if, uh, if how does it say, uh, if anyone uh, keeps my word, that he will, he will never see death. Um, the, the, here's the problem. Well, there's two problems in there. First of all, uh, who actually keeps his word? You know, do, do you obey all of his things? Well, obviously not. The other part of the fuss is how are you going to get uh, to the part where you never see death? Only God could do that. They had trouble with him being God. Obviously, you know who he is. But there's the other problem that still sticks out there. Do you obey him like that? Uh, you being sinners have no chance to be uh, the one who keeps his word and obeys him properly. You just are not able to do it. It uh, would seem that such bad behavior on top of that would not, uh, would not be honorable to Jesus or the Trinity. And he talks about that as well. And if his words hold, and they have to, I mean, this is God talking. Uh, it doesn't that seem that we are going to see death <laughs> uh, because we don't keep his word, uh, or at least that's what it looks like. The scary part of that is what happens even after that, because if you are going to see death and he's told you that you're supposed to obey him and you don't, if you aren't spared, wouldn't that seem to mean hellfire and all the things that go with that? And certainly that would be deserved. No one could bear that. No one could take the wages of sin and, and come out in any kind of good way. Uh, and I know you never want to see death. As it is, if you're with Jesus, uh, you don't you don't actually notice your specific death. You're just with him in a moment. Uh, but the whole thing seems to be kind of far away if you're not obeying him. Now, you may well be concerned that you don't obey all God's teachings, and you should be, I suppose. You're a sinner. But the, the other side of that is, uh, well, I mean, this is Jesus talking. He's right there in the room with them having a discussion. Uh, he's here on earth. You know that he is the son of God. You know that he is the Messiah. You know that he is the Savior. And it's not like he didn't know what he was coming for. Uh, if, he, if he only looked at you, uh, he would know all about you, everything that you've done, everything that you're going to do. He knows better than anybody. He knows uh, all of that. And that is the specific reason why he came. Besides, he didn't say obey. Maybe you missed it, but he said, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. And that's different than obey. It might sound like obey, but it's not the same thing as obey. Uh, what he means is, is like a, a child's treasure box. Uh, some of you have heard this from me before, but uh, if, if a child has a treasure box, you know, they have, well, you might well all have had one at one time or another, even if it's just a shoe box or a, or a cigar box, they used to have those. They don't, I mean, it's kind of hard to lay hands on one nowadays, but uh, 
that you put your, your special things in there and, and, uh, and you keep it carefully. You notice I use that same word, keep, right? Keep it carefully, highly valued, well protected. That's, that's what that means. That's kept. That's what Jesus means too, that you keep his word, you keep it valuable, you, you keep doing it uh, such as you're able to do, but you, more than that, it is uh, that you keep and treasure that the Father created you and created everything that you need and all that you have and all of the things that sustain you. This is part of your creed. It's part of what the word says. And you keep that valuable. You keep and value that Jesus' word is that he died for you. He said he was going to do that. He came into the world. These very words tell you that he was here from the witness who was John, his apostle. He was here, he did die for you, he did forgive you, and he did this all to save you in his blood. The Trinity knows who you are. The Father and the Son are very carefully uh, paying attention to what you are, to what you have been, to what you will yet do, including keeping that word. And the Holy Spirit was sent also. Because as a, as a human being, you could not by your own self because of your sinful notions, the corruption that has you uh, in its thrall, uh, apart from what the Holy Spirit does. But he came to grant you the ability to treasure the things of God, to keep them carefully, to believe them, even if you can't necessarily do all of them fully all the time. But sometimes you actually do. Holy Spirit grants faith and keeping for all of what God has said and done for you. Now, uh, you heard here that some of the people that were there did not like what was said. They didn't believe Jesus. Uh, this is true to this day that there are many, many people, and I know you're aware of them, don't believe Jesus. They don't believe what he is or what he has done. But you know you are different because you have the Holy Spirit. And even though they fought him when he said that Abraham saw him, and he's not old enough hardly to, to be with Abraham in the usual way, uh, Jesus... Uh, said that Abraham rejoiced at his coming and did see him. But see, they didn't understand, but you do. You have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit in you knows the Father by the love and sacrifice of his son. It was the will of the Father that the son should do this, that he should die and rise for you, that he should save you. All of that is true. And all of what the Trinity, your God, has done proves beyond understanding that God values you, that he treasures you, that he keeps you. You will never see death. That is the promise of your God. And I don't know if you have noticed this, really, but... Uh, when, when God spoke to Moses in the Old Testament, you go to the book of Numbers, which is a, a, a little visited book, really, in the Bible, because it's kind of uh, boring, I would say. 
It's got some impressive things in it. And one of the things that's in there is the blessing that you get every Sunday. God told the Old Testament priests to bless you. And he told them to do it by saying, the Lord bless you and keep you. Now you heard that a zillion times in this place alone. Uh, the Lord blesses you and keeps you. Uh, and, and of course, Jesus says that receiving that causes you to return in kind by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you to bless God and to keep him, to keep his word. Not, not to obey him in all things, although you would probably like to do that, but, but to keep it valuable, to keep it treasured, to keep it uh, in your heart, to be important and paid attention to. Because it not only does it tell you what to do, but it also tells you that Jesus came to save you, that he keeps you always. He does exactly that. That great I am loves you and is with you in all things. I brought up the I am because he mentions it here. Uh, the, the, the last thing he says in this passage is before Abraham was, I am. Which must have confused us a little bit because it doesn't sound like the right kind of English, but it's not really the right kind of Hebrew either. Uh, the reason I say that is because when he says I am, he's calling himself out to be the one that God introduced himself to in the Old Testament before the Exodus, when Moses said, who shall I say sent me? God told him, I am. That's who sent you. Jesus just said, I am. <laughs> Which means for anybody that's listening, that he is God. That he is their God. And they couldn't take that at all, so they picked up stones to throw at him. Well, you're different. They didn't want to worship him. They didn't want to keep his word because they thought he was crazy. They wanted to be done with him because he also scared them. But you are different because when you hear his word, when you hear him say, I am, you draw comfort from that. You keep that sacred in your heart because it is your salvation that Jesus is our Lord, that he is the one who died for us, that he is the one that rose from the dead and gave us victory over death, that he is the one who sent us the Holy Spirit to believe these things, that God loves and keeps you always. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.